You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Very soon, by the grace of God, the North Valley Baptist Church is going to be out of debt. It's been a big issue in my own heart because I don't want to leave the next generation stranglehold. I don't believe in it. I don't believe you leave all your bills to your kids. And that happens often, more often than you'll think, no. I believe you may not have a lot of wealth. I, I read of somebody this past week, I don't know, last math, past month, I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember who it was, a singer or a movie star or something has a lot of wealth and said, I'm not leaving my kids anything because I love them too much. And they love her, whoever she is, I can't remember. And they said, they love her. She goes, I, I want my kids to know the joy of working. And whether you agree with that or not, I like the spirit of that, although I'm looking forward, if I can, to have a life insurance policy or something, I want to help my kids too. You lay up for your children, the Bible says. I like the idea of being debt-free. I like the idea that our children won't be strangled. America's in huge debt. Thirty. One trillion dollars. Years ago, I heard an illustration between a million, if you stacked up money, it'd be a stack of eight inches tall. But a billion would be 555 feet tall, like the Washington Monument. If you stacked up $1 bills for a trillion, one trillion, you stacked up dollar bills, it would be 69,216 miles. It could circle the planet Earth 2.7 times, $1 trillion. America is $31 trillion in debt. Now, I don't mean to scare you tonight, but I'm telling you something. It's not going to exist that way. Don't, don't put your trust in the stock market or anything because this thing's going to blow. And they want more money. I'm talking about that subject because soon, by the grace of God, we'll be out of debt. I don't plan to lead you back into debt, but I plan on huge projects ahead. I met with the architect this past week. I'm planning on moving forward. I don't believe a church ought to ever rest for a very long period of time. It will destroy you. It will destroy me. It will destroy this church. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Oh no, my vision includes radio. It includes bus ministry, bus ministry, bus ministry, nursing homes, worldwide missions, getting the gospel out like never before, Bibles, full Bibles to every city, every area and every city around here, uh, knocking on doors, buying more buildings, expanding out, buying a public school campus, uh, buying a college, uh, a college campus. Oh yes, 
We're not done yet. That would be a good place to say amen. I, I say that because debt is generally a bad thing. I want to try to present it as a good thing tonight. There's all types of debt. There's, um, there's auto debt. There's the debt ceiling. There's mortgage debt. There's credit card debt. There's the debt ratio to the GDP, all those things. But a, a debt is an obligation that one party owes another party. Debt means I owe you something. Or if I'm the lender, you owe me. De debt could be a stranglehold. Debt can create ulcers, sleepless nights, restlessness, anxiety, suicide. Debt can uh, cause you to be awake at night. De debt can cause you to worry and have frustration. Debt. I don't ever plan to get this church debt free. I'm not talking about finances. To the day Jesus Christ comes again, we will always be in debt. I'm glad you're asking how, because the Bible tells us in the book of Romans and chapter number one, verse number 14 says, read it together, verse 14, ready, begin. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Let me read verse 15. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Verse 16, ready, begin. Tonight I, I, I can take you back. It was 1974. I was an assistant pastor at the United Baptist Church. On that morning, whatever day it was, it was Monday through Friday because we had a daily broadcast. And quite frankly, that broadcast was the one that put in my heart to pray here that we would have a broadcast 15 minutes a day. And it took 31 years of prayer, but now for 16 years we've had that broadcast. God's given me health and strength. I've never had to miss a broadcast. And I love the privilege of being on revival time. We have listeners all over America, all over the world. I just got a letter from a, a station in the Caribbean said, we, we play revival time. And the Caribbean listeners, and they sent me letters and cards from letters that people say that we listen. They're probably listening right now. It's just an amazing thing how God has exploded revival time and the radio and the ministry there. You know, uh, this past week with Brother Moyer, of course, we need to use these funds for our revival time ministry, but with the buckets, we always have buckets, broadcasting, um, uh, buckets for broadcasting for Bibles, for, for the buildings, for beyond, things of that nature. Our, our listeners, since December 1st, this week passed over $50,000. And they're excited about giving. And we raise funds on the, on the radio. We've reached our goal. They're just so excited about it. We have friends all over this globe that you don't know. I, I, walk, I walk into a church to preach, and the first thing they'll say is, because our 15-minute broadcast begins every day, I'll say, hello, neighbor. And as I walk in, they'll say, hello, neighbor. And, and I thank God for our listeners. Heaven's going to be so wonderful when you get to meet them. 
That morning, I was received a call in 1974 from the pastor. He said, Brother Jack, nobody can make the broadcast. We had several assistant pastors, and I was really the bottom of the total pole. They had an associate pastor. They had other assistants that had been there longer, and, and nothing could go that day. I don't know where they all were. And, and he said to me, I can't make it. You have to go do the broadcast. I didn't know how to do a broadcast. I knew that there was the beginning, the intro, and then there was two songs, and, uh, and then you preached on the radio, and then you had to outgo. I didn't know what to do. I said, I don't know what to do. He goes, well, you're going to have to figure it out. Go to my office, turn on the microphone, get a hold of the radio station by phone, and tell them you're ready to go, and tell them you're going to need some help. I, I, I said, I don't know what to say. I, I don't have a message. He said, you've got to... I, 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 I said this for 30 minutes. I don't think it was 30. I, I was about five minutes away. I, I think he said, you've got 15, 20 minutes and you're going to be on the radio. I, I believe this is true. I believe it was that morning in my Bible reading. I read this passage. There are three I am's. He said in verse 14, he says, I am debtor. What's the one he says in the next verse? What does it say? Verse 15. I'm what? I am ready. I'm sitting on ready. What's the next verse say? I am not ashamed. And, and God spoke to my heart. I was driving there, and I, I remembered, and I'm almost positive, Brother Pusey, that's what I, 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 it was that morning I had read that. It's been so many years ago, I can't remember. But I believe that because I, I had nothing to say. I said, I'll just say what I got in my Bible reading this morning. I'll never forget underline it. I'm debtor. And we called, I called the station. They said, okay, the, it's going to start in a moment. You'll have the introduction to the broadcast, and then you're going to talk. And then when you get ready, say, next song is this. Here's the song they're playing. And then you talk some more, and then you say, now the next song is this. Here's the song. And then you preach. And then you hear the music come in, and you're done. Well, that sounds easy. But if you've never done it before, it sounds frightening. I'm sure I was shaken to death. I walked into that pastor's office, and quite frankly, I only remember one time being in his office, and that was when he corrected me over something. I never walked into his office, and we were working together, and I went in there, and, and I, I called the station, and I got it going, and I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it was any good, but I remember preaching that day, I am debtor. I want to lead our church to a constant indebted program. And it's taken from this indebted program, taken from this verse, verse number 14, where the Apostle Paul says, I am debtor. I'm a, de I'm a debtor both to, the, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. I think you know that the, the world was divided into Greeks and barbarians, Greeks, Greeks and to the uh, Jews at that time. And you were either a Greek or you were associated with that or a Jew. You were Greek or barbarian. And Paul was making this statement because the Greeks looked down upon the barbarians. They weren't as intelligent, they didn't think. They had something against them. And our church can never have anything against anyone if we're going to fulfill our responsibility. I'm in debt. I'm in debt to people. 
I'm in debt to the educated and the uneducated. I'm, I'm, I'm in debt to the intelligent, is what he continues there, the intelligent and those that are not intelligent. Bible says, I am debtor. I'm speaking tonight on, on, on indebted Christianity. This church financially, by the grace of God, is getting out of debt, but not ever spiritually. Amen. We're going to put the pedal to the metal. In our class this morning, we were trying to assist a few buckets for the bus ministry that have not quite finished yet. And I tell you what, I never, I know we have bus workers, but it never dawned to me that eight of the routes are part of the young couples class. Eight of the routes. In fact, I began to, this afternoon, write down about our class. Our class is involved with the bus ministry. They're involved with the Sunday school ministry, the choir. They're involved in ushering. They're involved. And I got to think about all the things they do. I tell you what, honey, I, I got to think of our class. We are blessed. We are serving with indebted, serving people. We're in debt. And tonight I want to just remind our church that we're getting close and we're on the verge of being debt-free. We're not debt-free with the gospel. I'm indebted. Paul was writing to intelligent Romans. They thought they had it all, but he goes, I'm debt to you. My debt is to get the gospel to you. He said, I am debtor both to the Greek, to the barbarian, both to the wise, to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news. He keeps talking about the gospel, it's the good news. If you're intelligent, you need the good news. If you're ignorant, you need the good news. If you're wealthy, you need the good news. If you're red and yellow and black and white, if you're young, if you're old, if you're American or some other country, we all need the gospel. And he said, I'm a dad. Tonight, as we think of this world of 8 billion people, we have some things to take care of after the indebtedness, I know. And these buildings are aging. Building over at Clyde Avenue that's filled tonight. We started building it in 1981 and we finished in 83. It's 40 years old. At that time, the first building we built was 40 40 years old, the other one's 30 years old. It had 104 doors in it. We have not replaced the doors or the door hinges or the door knobs or the door closers for those 140 doors. And now we have a three-story building added to it and all those doors need to be replaced. We're replacing uh, three sets of double doors right now. They have to be fire preventative and they have to obey all these and those three doors are $18,000 for three double sets of doors. There's going to be projects that we have to work on. There's things that we have to get done. When an air conditioner goes down by law, you cannot have a room without ventilation and we have to get it. The way we're getting around it right now is, is the, the companies, they don't have the air conditioners. It takes weeks, it takes months. We've ordered them and it takes forever. It takes months and months and they said, we might be six months out on. We got three that just uh, that we signed a contract for and they're coming. And we've been waiting for a long time. We got three big ones we've got to do. We have things that need to be repaired. I know that. 
But I also want you to know, we get out of debt financially. Now we're gonna, we're gonna stir this thing up to keep reaching the eight billion people that have never heard the gospel. That little girl that was right here, she needs the gospel. And so does a little girl in another country that doesn't speak English, she needs the gospel. Tonight I wanna remind you about missions. We have been a missionary-minded church since day one. Maybe we should not have been so aggressive with the missions department. Maybe we should have waited till we had a more solid church underneath us. But we began supporting missionaries from Sunday number one. And we began before a year, we had over about a dozen missionaries we were supporting. And we weren't really, we didn't have much money. We didn't even have a building we owned. We still had to buy the building the next year that we were renting, but we had missionaries. I'm looking forward to seeing so many of our own young people say yes to God. But you don't understand how evil it is. You understand, Pastor, how bad it is, how they don't want missionaries. I don't think in Paul's day they wanted missionaries either. But he preached the word. He went on his journeys and gave the gospel to the world. Hold my hearts be more than ever burdened to reach, rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them from pity, have the grave, weep for the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. In your hymn book, it's page 130. We used to sing it as a boy in church so often, till the whole world knows, till the whole world knows, I will shout and sing of Christ my King, till the whole world knows. Why should we hear week after week the gospel, and there are those that have never heard the gospel one time in their life? Dost thou not care that millions are dying, dying in sin and despair, waiting for someone to tell them of Jesus? Yes, waiting everywhere. I don't believe that there, are, I, I don't believe that necessarily you go to where it's an easy field, but there are some very hard fields today. They need the gospel. There's some very receptive fields right now. Mexico is very receptive, very receptive. One of our missionaries, he has a 7,500 seat auditorium that he built. It's twice as big as this. And they're filling it twice every Sunday morning. And then their Bible college students are out and they're going soul winning. And the church is out going soul winning. They'll have 200,000 saved in a month. 25,000 baptized in a month. You, you know, Mexico is so ripe with the gospel. They're so needy with the gospel. They want the gospel. They need the gospel. They know there's an emptiness. You say, well, they're all coming over the border. We don't need all these people. Well, first of all, I believe everybody should come here legally. But I want as many Hispanics and as many from the Philippines and many from here and there and from China to get them out of that communist regime and get them under the gospel as we can. But we also have to go to those fields. Mother and dad, have you given your children to God? They're not yours. 
My wife would tell me oftentimes, I'd rather have our children surrendered to the will of God, living halfway around the world in the center of God's will than right next door to us. I want our children in the center of God's will. It's a privilege to take the gospel. I remember in 1977 in August, the church allowed me to go to Korea. And I don't ever plan to take another missions trip, but I went there. And I, I preached, and I saw the hunger of those people. And I went and preached a camp for Dr. Missionary Mike Pepper. And we went out to the rice paddies, and we're out there Monday through Friday. And, and Brother Poos and I saw it. That all day, in the morning, they had a kettle, big one, going all day long. I'll never forget, honey, sitting at that kettle on a Sunday morning. I was 16 hours ahead of you and praying that, Lord... I'm having Sunday services here, and I was in Busan that day, and in Seoul, and I said, in 16 hours, they're going to be, st-. and I, Lord, I'm speaking here to here, and you're answering there. It's just an amazing thought. You know, Brother Sly, I'll never forget preaching that camp. We didn't have one chair. We didn't have one pew. In the middle of those rice paddies was a church building, a Presbyterian building. They allowed us to use it. The pastor's Presbyterian 20-year-old son came and he got saved that week. I'll never forget it. They sat and I'd preach about an hour and the interpreter would, it took about two hours. And they just sat. They sang. It was just something to behold. And then every morning they'd get up and they'd throw some rice. That's what they ate, rice. And then lunch, rice, and dinner. And there wasn't much more than that. I'll never forget one, one night, they sat in a big, after the preaching, they sat in a big, big circle in that auditorium, that wood floor, and they all took their socks off, and I thought it was a custom or something, what they were doing, I, I thought, this is kind of, sh-. and they, they molded together, wrapped it up in a perfectly perfect, round, tight ball about that big, and for an hour, these teenagers and young adults played with that ball. It was just, they made up games. And, and they were, I, I, the first time I went to Korea, I thought, I said to the preacher, I, I fell all over myself on the first Sunday because I said, how do you preach to these dear people? And of course, Korea is very successful and very, very brilliant now. And it's just, though they were there too, but I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful country. I said, how do you preach to people in the villages and out in the, in the, uh, out in the rice paddies that have nothing? How do you preach to them about worldliness? And the missionary said, they're just as worldly as you and I because they're Adamic nature. Just preach. And after flopping that first service, it helped me just to preach hard against the world, the flesh, and the devil, and living for God and getting saved. We had so many saved. Some of you are missing out what you could do with your life right now, young people. Dost thou not care? I, 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 I mean, we got started here, Brother Bertram. We got started. We had, a, we had a missions department. Probably too early. But I'm glad we did. We got started, and I know this is crazy. We started with three buses. I, I remember the day that I came to preach February the 8th. 
1976, and they came and had a special day to honor us that day. And it, it, the church was just running a handful. And that day we had, we had, uh, we had 150 people in attendance. Church was only a few months old. But 110 came on buses. And 40 came in the cars. And it was way out of control. It was a zoo. It was a zoo. I mean, and my, my, we, we started serving here. And my wife would play the piano in the church. And, and after the special, then she'd run out and, and, and she'd go speak at junior church and conduct junior church. And, and then she'd come back. They said, invitation's going. Somebody would watch the kids. Those kids, they, ay, 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 ay. it was a mess. We, we had the Santa Clara clay mud. We, we, did, we just had a road that went around, a, 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 a driveway around the church. The rest was all mud. When it rained in February and March, they brought that mud into that church. I mean, just caked on. We had a little lobby. We had brown carpet, charcoal, I mean, a, a, a dark chocolate carpet. And the walls of that building were pink. And, and I'll never forget it. I, I came and I took my wife home in the afternoons, on Sunday afternoon, my afternoon was taking a flat-nosed shovel and get as much of the clogs of mud out of there as I could. And then I put fans on it and dried it. And then about an hour, hour or two later, I'd come back with that flat-nosed shovel and sort of rake it up, and then I'd try to vacuum it so we could have evening service. Probably too early to start a bus ministry and certainly too big. And I'm glad we did. Because we're in debt to those kids. That's 47 years ago. Those kids that were 10 are now 57. Those kids that were 15, it goes on and on. It's just amazing how, how they've grown up as well. I'm not giving up on the bus ministry. We're opening up rest homes now. We're, we, we got into another one yesterday, a beautiful one. Rest homes have been the ones hard to get back in through COVID. Now, they're, they're almost, almost all of them allows in now. I, I prayed and I mentioned we had a World War II vet today. Purple Heart was led to Christ in a nursing home. Today. We had a brand new nursing home yesterday. Beautiful, beautiful beautiful auditorium that they allowed us to, beautiful room, let us use. I think we had, did I hear 18 or 19 out there yesterday? Thank God there's, these folks are right on the verge of crossing over. They have maybe one last or two or three or four last opportunity here. You must be born again and they're going to be gone. Everybody that lived in that rest home over there next door when we got here 47 years ago, they're all gone. They passed away. Their opportunity has passed, and it's just but a moment. I'm glad we ran the buses, but I'll tell you this, the buses, and thank God for the bus workers. And in our B and C division, we're running about 400. We, before COVID, running about 800. We just can't seem to get the traction. Those kids moved away. We'd been down so long, 492 days, 472 days, the buses did not run. The workers were having record numbers out on Saturday, but the traction's not there yet. I'm telling you right now, after pastor's conference, I'm coming after you for 100 new labors in the bus ministry. 
rescuing boys and girls and teenagers and moms and dads till it's eternally too late. I don't fault, fault the bus workers. They're doing their job. It's just not caught hold yet. I'm glad to say that, you know, think of 400 coming today or whatever it was, maybe more, but it's a start. Oh, the church crowds are bigger than ever. And we're growing in our attendance in the Spanish department and in the bilingual departments and the balcony on Sunday morning and the balconies on Sunday morning and the crowds that have been coming, it's wonderful. But these kids are being taught every vile thing possible. And I'm going to do everything I can to reach those kids for Christ. Our bus teenagers that come, it's the largest group of kids we got coming. There's a searching. I want you to know that though it's very obvious they have no spiritual root, most of them, till they get here. They're wonderful kids. We bring them over sometimes. They sit up here in these balconies, wedge them in there, and they always wave to me or say hi to me. And I try to always get up there during a song and they'll always want to talk to me. I, I'm not going to give up on these teenagers. I don't want to give up on the children. I'm talking about tonight that the missionaries, uh, thank God for people that are go. Thank God for, th thank God for the bus ministry. God's word says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. I wonder what would happen if we really got busy about reaching this world for Christ. I wonder what would happen if we got busy reaching this nation for Christ. I wonder what would happen if we tried to reach this state for Christ and our city for Christ. Bible distribution, gospel tracts, bus ministry, nursing homes, prayer, <coughs> pardon me, pardon me, revival radio, live stream. What would happen if every Sunday school teacher said, I'm in debt? And I've never in my life ever heard of a Sunday school A, B, C, and now D ministry. I've never seen anything like it with our teachers. They give themselves to these students and they prepare and they pray from the youngest to the eldest. But what would happen if every Sunday school teacher in America would feel in debt spiritually? And every bus worker sensed, I'm in debt. And every usher, I'm in debt. Every deacon, I'm in debt. Every staff, I'm in debt. And every pastor, I'm in debt. And this pastor, I'm in debt. There are nearly 300 countries in the world. I have the list of them right here. The countries that need the gospel right now. I'm looking through this list and I won't read it for the sake of time. But I look at many of these countries, about 280 countries. If I ask the sound, uh, the live stream people tomorrow, give me the countries that listen to the services at North Valley Baptist Church on Sunday, yesterday. I said that tomorrow. Many of these countries have listened today. Brother Mark, when, my wife and I came, who'd ever think I could talk to the world 
from the internet and people could watch it on their phone. I mean, we, you, never, you never had, we never had cell phones. We had Thomas Maps. And we carried the Thomas Map in the front of the car all the time so I could look where my next visit was going to be. I don't need, I have a phone. I said, take me to the nearest steakhouse. No, I don't say that. I, I, I give it, I, I'm looking for something. And it tells me right away. It's an amazing thing. I'm asking you to consider tonight recognizing you're in debt. Maybe not financially, but we're in debt spiritually. We can pray. We can give. We can go. We can encourage. I wanted to meet this sweet family back here. I went back there and I saw that choir. Not all the college students, but the choir students, the young people in the choir singing. I, I could see on that screen back there their faces. And I thought, we're so blessed to have those beautiful young people, just sweet as could be. Wouldn't it be great if everyone got so sold out to God that say, I'm in debt, I've got to give my life to God. I, I want God to use me. I'm not done, but I'll be done. We're talking about Tonight, indebted Christianity. That verse helped me, for whatever, 49 years ago. Brother Jack, you got to go do the radio broadcast. I don't know what to do. If you don't know, you got to do it. Nobody's there. I don't know what to say. Well, you'll figure it out. On the way to, from your house to over there, figure it out. Boy, you talk about scared to death. But God gave me that verse 49 years ago. I'm dead. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.